0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. We spoke last week about starting Shabbos ten minutes before Zman. The Rebetzin Kajnetsky told me that if you do that, your whole life is going to change. So I can't believe only five people did it. Whoever's watching. So we talked about last week, committing and being committed. And the difference, everyone makes commitments. A lot of people make commitments. Commitments, commitments, commitments. They don't keep them. They're not Committed. Tonight we're going to talk about David Amelech, because on Shua's David HaMelech was born, and on Shua's David HaMelech died, because the is born and dies on his birthday, because he has a full Shanim, a Rish a or he has full, full life. So we're going to learn a little bit about David Amelech tonight, and David Amelech's genetics came from his great-grandmother, um, his great-grandmother Ruth. Before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about the whole dairy situation, the dairy situation on Shua's, um, why we eat dairy, but I want to make an announcement. This Monday night, he's the best. Uh, maybe I'll come also. I think I will come. Men and women invited. Oh, this is Yeah, really? We never do that. Okay. Men and women invited. Rabbi David Olafsky. He's the man. Your mom is going to be, you have to put a pillow next to your, your chair because you're going to be on the floor. He's, he's, he gives a message through, through humor, through, he's unbelievable. So, Baruch Hashem, we got him. I can't believe that Daphne got him. Wow. May 29th, which is Monday night at 8.30 in Mitzvah Hashem, $10 admission, goes to Arnavah. Okay? So everybody's invited Monday night. But you're also invited Tuesday night. Now, I happen to have gotten a little flack for this a few years ago, because Arnavah has an all-night girls' program of learning. And there were some rabbis that were like, what are you doing? Learning all nights for men; it's not for women. A whole night, yes. beautiful. So good. I have Rabbi Reisman behind me. Um, so, the to Hashem Tuesday night, which is the first night of Shavuos, from twelve thirty till two thirty at twenty two oh one Avenue L on the corner of Avenue L. Um, on the corner of Avenue L and East 22nd Street, there's a shul, it's Rabbi Weinfeld Shul, Torah's Chaim. You go down the steps, down the steps, and the shirama down down the steps, we have Rabbi Max speaking, we have Rabbi Friedman speaking, we have Rabbi Bitone speaking, yes. Yeah, well, 2.30, until you finish getting home, and it'll be like four or something. We used to have, originally when we... We went all night. We went, yes we did. I spoke three to four. On ocean, on ocean, on, on Avenue J's, Young Israel. That's where we did it. Downstairs. I was three to four. I was three to four. Remember that, Ruth? Okay, but we, you uh, wanna push it. So, so let's see you do 12.30 to 2.30. Anyway, um... Girls learn a whole year. They, they, they learn Tyra a whole year. So they'll, they'll learn Tyra. Also, um, it's, it's, it's very safe. I dab it in that shul. It's a very safe area. And they'll have, they, they said that you they're going to have extra police around. Anyway, uh, what? Second night, second, I have to tell you that I didn't bring my yasha but if you listen to last night's share that I gave the boys, So, really, we didn't get the Torah Shuis night. Tuesday night, we didn't get the Torah. We didn't get the Torah on the 6th. We got the Torah on the 7th. So, actually, in Israel, they don't celebrate the night that we got the Torah. They celebrate the night before, because only one day, which sounds ridiculous. Why would you celebrate the night of the 6th if Shuis is on the night of the 7th? Here in America, we have two days. So, really, the second night is the right night. But the minute is only to stay up the whole night the first night. But the smart people, the smart guys the few of us, we stay up the second night too because then it's really Kabbalah Satorah and there's not that many people staying up. So it's like special. So the Kabbalah brings down you should stay up both nights. That's what he says. You stay up, not for you girls, but stay up both nights. I ordered already the fruit. Pl- you have a fruit platter there. You have soda. You have cake. So that'll keep you going. And then if you want, you can schmoo- No, you're not really supposed to schmooze. Schmoo, not, you're not supposed to, you're supposed to learn. You're not, in fact... We're not even supposed to speak English. you are supposed to speak Russian or Kodesh. But that's already a Kavayasha. That's already on a very, very high level. But definitely, definitely not Lushan Hara and definitely not, you know, about Donald Trump and politics and, and what's going on at work and all that stuff. It's a very Kodesh the night. It's the night of, of, of Zivug between Klai and Kesh Baruch. So, 2201 Avenue L, 1230 to 230. Rabbi Max, Rabbi Freeman, Rabbi Vuitton, and Snacks and it's nice. I didn't know that Rabbi the has all night women. It's very good. It's good, man. What well, men and women. Right, men and women. So or Nava has just for women. Because we're special. We have just for women. Okay. So why do we why do we um, why do we have cheesecake? Why do we have cheesecake on it's such an interesting I was trying to explain to my sales girl today. She's not Jewish. That we, we're closed? She's like, What's the holiday? I said, We got the Torah. She goes, how come you only have two days? You guys always have seven, eight days. <laughs> so I was like, we actually ran away from the mountain as fast as we could. But anyway, um, the, reason, the reason, so, so, so it's, uh, it's interesting because, like, you have all these different Yom Tovim and, like, Pesach, you eat matzah, right, which is a poor man's bread, and, and you eat cheesecake, which is a rich man's bread. Cheesecake, right? It's just so, so for some reason is matan and like everyone's focused on the cheesecake, you know, all the stores and the and uh, and and they make milk challahs. the whole shot of Mishnah brew. If you sh- should ever make challah, that's dairy because because it, it, you'll forget and you'll eat it with meat together. One time, we got a cheesecake from a Rebbitzin for for um, for Shruis. We were sure that it was parv, and I don't eat cheesecake. I'm lactose intolerant, so I don't, I don't have a problem with it, but. Um, after we had our meat because halacha is that you have to eat on truas each meal in other words, shuuz night and shuuz day and shuuz night and shuuz day you have to eat meat because in Jewish law um, simcha, simcha shiantif is wine and meat so the people who only eat a dairy meal I was once invited to one of my, my my wife's friends and we went there to eat she didn't know that I was lactose intolerant so all she made was baked ziti Eggplant parmesan. Everything was dripping with cheese. And I just moved stuff from the left to the right of my plate because I couldn't eat it, whatever it is. But you're not yotze with the su'ud of yantif if you don't have meat. So really what you're supposed to do is when you, when, when you come home, make kiddush, have a little cheesecake, a little milchix, then bench, then wait. You can't have hard cheese that you have to wait six hours for. Regular cheese. And then have your meat meal. Do you have to have a meat meal? What? No, mister is No, the mister brewer chavez chaim You have to do that. It's not a chassidish thing. Mister Brew, I don't have one here. Um, What? You don't have have to wash on the cheesecake. Um, You just eat some dairy in memory, but your meal has to be meat. Night day, night day. Buss of a yeah, they have good fish. <laughs> right, because they eat meat. Because they all ate meat. <laughs> Rabbi, could you go upstairs? Um, the, the combination is 135 in that room. And bring me down to Mishnah um Hilkish Thank you, appreciate it. I don't want you to think it's a Chesir Shemitah. Uh, Mishnah Burah Paschal Allah. So, you have your little dairy, but you have to eat meat. Okay? You have to wash no, you could just, just have cheesecake. Have a little cheese ragalach. You don't have to wash. Have your little cheese ragalach, and then make it an alamechia, and then go ahead and, and eat and have a fleshic a meal. So, bring that. I'll read it to you from inside so that you don't <laughs> think I'm making it up. But the question is why do we eat cheese? So. One of the answers is that in Tehillim, W.M.A. We, we calls Harsinai Har Gavnunim. Gavnunim comes from the word gvina, comes from the word cheese. So because our Sinai, one of its names was Har Gavnunim, therefore we eat cheese. That's one reason. Another reason is there's a halakha that you're not allowed to eat Averim and Hachai. Averim and Hachai means that you can't take from a living animal part of it and eat it. You can't pull off a wing of a chicken while it's alive and fry it. You can't cut off the leg of a lamb and make a lamb chop. You're not allowed to Eber Menachai. You're not allowed to take an Eber Menachai. Kala thought that milk, right? That milk, when you milk a cow, since you're taking the milk when the cow's alive, that's Eber Menachai. But once they got the Torah, they, the Torah says it's not Eber Menachai. So they started eating dairy, started eating dairy after they got the Torah. And when they were in the Midbar, and they complained to Moshe Rabbeinu that when we were in Mitzrayim, we had pickles, fish, watermelon, but nothing, doesn't say anything dairy. They didn't complain about anything dairy because I don't think they ate dairy. Now, there's a problem with this shot, And maybe you'll go home and you'll ask this question over Shavuos the week after you tell me the terrorists. What's the problem with that? Let's see if anyone can figure out. That they thought that milk was Eber and then even a guy is not allowed to do every Menachai. So what's the problem? Come on. Come on, give me someone here. What? what they no, they ate plenty of... They ate meat, they ate this, they ate that. No. They but they kept the Torah. What did, did Avraham give the angels? Oh, well, no. And? Oh, no, no, no. Chema. Butter. No, 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 no. How could he give them butter? It's Eber Menachai. He kept the Torah. And if he didn't keep the Torah, if he still was every Menachai... Now who's really smart? What's the answer? Oh, come on! Girls, come on! No, he kept the Torah! Once we got the Torah, it wasn't Evermanachai, so She had no problem with it. As a, you understand? He kept the Torah. Abram knew the Torah. So if he kept the Torah, he knew that there's no problem because milk is not Evermanachai. That's why he could give the angels Chema. Alright, you got we gotta give this shit a little earlier. It's my fault. I came late. It's my fault. Because they he he had he got the Torah ready. They didn't get the Torah yet. Roma Vinu kept the Torah. They didn't, they didn't they didn't they didn't they didn't get the Torah yet at this point. It's it, again it's one of the it's one of the Pshatim. I'm not saying that That you know one of the Pshatim is that they didn't they didn't know that milk wasn't ever menachai. Also you all know since you're little kids that the milk and the meat Right? That they, that they used to have non kosher pots, whatever it was, and the pots weren't kosher, but dairy they didn't need pots for. But they ate dairy. <laughs> no, Abraham Avinu Vino didn't serve. He served it separately. He served the Chema first. No, I'm just saying, they, they not Abraham of Vino. The Klai needed pots. But I want to tell you, very, also Cholov, I don't remember, Cholov, oh, equals, no, equals 40. Ches Lama 40. Well Hashabinah was up getting the Torah for 40 days. Okay, but I heard a very beautiful Torah. This is really important. So there's a halacha. When it comes to cooking meat or cooking in your house, right? The little maid, if she's not Jewish, cannot turn on the fire and cook for you. It's called bishul Akam. So in all the restaurants, right, where these guys are flapping, <laughs> flipping the burgers and everything, they're goyim. So how are they allowed to cook? Because... The mashkiach comes in and he turns on the fire. In the old days, it wasn't such a big problem. Yeah, the mashkiach has to. If he doesn't turn on, the trape. Why are you shaking your head? By swadim. Swadim. I'm getting to Svadim. I'm not up to yet. I'm getting to the <laughs> So when there used to be Kosher Delight on Avenue J, right? So I used to come to Kosher Delight. They got the guy making the, the, the Pakistani guys, flipping the burgers, the franks and the steaks. And then the smarty kids would come in from Yeshiva Flatbush I don't. I forgot the word that they said, but they were like, the mashkiach has to cook the whole thing. The guy can't cook it at all. We don't hold like that, but the don't hold like that. You have to cook the whole thing. You can't just turn on the. In the old days, it was a pilot light. When you turned on a gas range, there was a pilot light that was always lit, and then you turned it on. So some held that a pilot light is already, so it's already lit. But oh, thank you. So so when it comes to non-kosher food, you even found the place for me. Here it's sadik. Got the right camera guy. Okay. So the and to put flowers and trees on shwurz in your house. You should buy flowers for your house. By the way, it's just, just interesting how a Kurdish baruchu works. There is oh, what's the name of it? There is one flower that comes out right before Shavuos. When you walk through Flap, which you could smell it, it's purple or white. They sell it in all the stores. What is it called? Lilac. Lilac Lilac, lilac is the one that smells a lot, right? Yeah. So that comes out right before Shavuos always. It really, really smells amazing. You make a something, it smells amazing. It always comes right before Shavuos. Shavuos is a mitzvah to put flowers and plants in shul, even though... For many years, they stopped doing it because of the Christmas tree, because they thought it was a greatest thing to put a tree, right? But they, the, the Rabbanan said, "No, it's the middling of our uh, sand. you should put a tree." Why do they put a? Why do you put flowers and, and trees? Because on Har Sinai, even though it was a small mountain, it had a lot of flowers and trees. How do you know? Because Hashem said, "Do not allow the cattle to graze on the mountain." If it was sand, there would be no grazing on the mountain. So, in memory of that, we put in trees and all that, and. It's the, it's actually the the chagilah um, note. It's not the payot. The payot is two bishvat, but the tree is shruis. Okay. V'naya gim. V'kama makoymos. It's a minig in many places. Leechal uh, cholav. V'yaim rishon shel shruis. And it's a minig to eat milk on the first day of shruis. V'niraliatam. It seems to me. That the reason is, we can only have shnei tavshilin shlechem below Pesach. They Pesach because That just like on, on Pesach, you have the bone for the Pesach and the egg for the Chagiga. So what you should do is here. I'm re- now I'm reading you from the Machaber. In oichlim achol cholav, eat something dairy. Eat a cheese Danish. But achikol machol basa, and then eat meat the three lahabi ohavi imon base lechem all the shulchan bring two like on Shabbat bring base lechem on the shulchan chuvamakomam is bayah he yesvezat you know the base lechem shulchan you know and you keep and you like and um on you right um they brought two breads this is a very interesting wish cuz you got to turn like 15 pages to get to one line okay now let's look at the shivra what he says it's, you should just know people think it's a; they do think it's a Christian thing but it's not um, I have heard an addition on the authority of a great Torah scholar a correct reason for this practice he points out that at the time when the children of Israel stood on Mount Sinai and received the Torah because through the Ten Commandments every part of the Torah was revealed to them as stated by since the Ten Commandments the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Turn the page. Incorporate the entire Torah. When they descended from the mountain and returned to their homes, they did not have anything but milk food available, which could be eaten immediately. This is because meat requires much preparation slaughtering with an inspected knife, um, taking out the veins and the blood. So it would have been necessary for them to cook with new utensils. And the utensils, that previously which had cooked within the cycle of day, became forbidden. And so they chose to eat milk at that time, so they didn't have to wait. It is customary in some localities to eat honey and milk on Shavuos. This is because the Torah, compared to honey and milk, as it is stated, honey and milk are. Okay, where does he say? Where Mishavu say? It's so hard to use this Mishavu. Where does he say that because it has to be Simcha? Yeah. Where's the Lama? You eat milk, it's like, Achakach Machobasa. And you eat it with, um, and you eat it with, with two with two pieces of bread. Why do you have to eat meat? Because because yontif is, Yantif is considered um, only sameach if you um, if you eat meat. So the, he says you should eat meat. So let's look at the bear hativ. He said, be careful not to eat hard cheese because then you have to wait six hours. Let's see what the says. Beheatov says the following. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. They serve they serve uh, But they have like a hundred meals. So mostly flat mostly flat But Bus was also good. Khalov, he says there's many reasons, but desire. Hmm. Okay, I don't know if we're gonna say this reason. Um The meaning of eating milk is tiring, he says. Be careful not to eat hard cheese. And be careful to change the tablecloth. And he says like this My meaning was to eat honey and milk. And to bench. See, this is where I got it from. My meaning was to eat. Milchiks, umevarech, peches hamazan. Then bench, then veachol basa. V'chein kasev hashlo. What? Right. he says? You, you, you have to, eat peches. He says very carefully. He says, if you bake challah with milk in it, you have to clean out the oven very well. Because the next week you're going to bake challah and you're going to put it on a the table. Wow, this is beautiful. So here he says the berheitev that I heard that you eat dairy and then meat, not like the malachim by Avram who ate basel bichalov. Okay, so we'll tell you the story behind this. The story behind this is that when Moshe Benu went up to Shemayim to get the Torah, Moshe Benu went up to Shemayim to get the Torah, so the Malachim wanted to kill him. They didn't want a human being to take the Torah from Shemayim and bring it to Arex. So Hashem said to Moshe Benu, run here and hold on to my throne. Moshe Benu held on to the throne. And he said... And he didn't know what to tell them. The malachim said, you can't take the Torah. If you let go of that throne, we're going to kill you. But said, what do you want the Torah up here for? You don't have parents. You can't do kivur v'ein. You don't eat, right? And then he said that... The the, the malachim said, well, you're going to get the Torah, but you're not going to keep it. So at least if we have the Torah, we're going to keep it. You're not going to keep it. The human beings are not going to keep it. So he threw back at them. Well, really the you're, you're one time that you had something, you went to the earth, you went to Avramavinu, Avinu, you ate meat and milk. So what do you mean? You're, you're, you're just as bad, you're even worse than we are. And they let him go. So he's bringing down here that the the reason that we eat milk, is we, we specifically eat milk, then we wait, then we eat meat, is because because of that, the malachim didn't have an answer, and they let us get to Torah, and that's, that's the reason he brings down. I never saw that reason. Very, very fascinating. Okay. So, yeah, eat, eat milkshakes, wait, and then eat places. Now, I'm not going to talk about all the vegetarians. that never eat meat. What do you do on Shabbos and Yontav? Well, we're not going to get to that. Um, or fish. No, but the real vegans don't eat fish either. And they don't eat eggs. And they don't eat drink and no milk. Anything that comes from an animal or anything that's alive, they only eat what comes from the ground. What grows from the ground and is not processed. I have someone who works for me. It can't be processed at all, and have to grow from the ground. Keeps you in good shape. Um, anyway, so the reason the reason I was looking to tell you about is that, Baruch Hu, Hashem wants to show us how powerful a Jew is. So the halacha is that when it comes to meat, right, you have to turn on the fire. Let's say in the and you have to cook the food, but cholav so. Milk that's Chalb right? You go to a pizza shop. Every, today, today, everything is Chalb When I grew up, there was no such thing as Chalb Very, You couldn't find anything that's called Yisrael. But now, most stuff is called Yisrael. What does Chalb mean? Does it mean that a Jew milked a cow? No. He's a mashkiach. In other words, the guy milks the cow, you have to watch to make sure that the milk is coming from the cow because milk used to come from pigs. That was the whole thing of Chalb They used to... Used to run out of cows' milk, they took pigs' milk and they put it in with the cows' milk because they're very much alike and you can't really taste the difference. So you need a mashgiach to watch. You don't have to. The Jew doesn't have to look. So our Keshevahu was telling us that the power of the Jew's eye, right, of just looking, he doesn't even have to do something to make something kosher. He just has to look. That's how powerful the Jew is. That just by his look, he can make something kosher, and that's something that we celebrate on Shavuos. Now we got the Torah. How powerful the the, the empowerment that a who gave us, um, that who gave us is amazing. So I want you to think about this question. It's a horrible question, but I want you to think about this question for the whenever you get a chance to think about it, you, you'll come back with an answer when you come back. After one hundred and twenty years. You come to the, you come to the next world, and they ask you, what do you miss the most about being alive? You're up here, you're not alive no more. What do you miss the most? If you could give me one thing that once you leave this world, you miss the most, what would that be? I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not asking for an answer right now. Whatever that is, just think about it, and we'll talk about it the next year. What would you miss the most? Your family, a good glass of soda, food, friends. What would you miss the most? You're coming to Shemayim, and they're like, okay, you're here, you're not there anymore. Like, what's the thing you missed the most in the world that you just left? It's a very interesting question. And think about it. And there's no wrong answer, by the way. There's no wrong answer. Everyone has a different answer, but I know what the answer should be. The, the Torah, okay. Hello, the real answer I want from you. Maybe some people miss the Torah the most, but what do you miss the most after one hundred after one hundred and forty years? What do you think? You, what do you think you are going to miss the most? Of not being here. Okay. So at that point, you are one hundred and twenty years old. You are not feeling that great, probably. So definitely not missing pain. What are you going to miss the most? Okay? It's just a thought. Okay. Um, I'm working on that thought. i not sure I 140 years, but like, like, what? What are you missing? Like, so you left this world, you're in the next world. There's, there's Gan Eden, and there's everything. Like, what are you missing? What are you missing? Okay. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Dovah Melech. And then we'll all prepare for Shavuos. So... David HaMelech was Malchus. Malchus is where we're going to, we're going to stand Shavuos night, right? It's Malchus Sheva Malchus, because to marry the king, you have to be a queen, right? Um, So we have to be on this level of Malchus. And there was a Melech before David. What was his name? Shol HaMelech, and he lost the whole Malchus. So whatever he did that he lost the malchus is something that a melech shouldn't have, right? Because if he if he did something that a melech should have had, he would have continued to the malchus. He lost the malchus. He made a mistake. He made a huge mistake that a king can never make that mistake. And if you make that mistake, you can no longer from your children can't come the DNA of a of malchus Mashiach, right? Don't a can't come. Even though you had Jonason, who was a big tzaddik and you are, but you did that. You cannot. Be royal. Now, if we can figure out what that is, we know that's something we need to stay far away from. What do you think that is? It's such a small thing, but it's such a big thing. Shmuel commanded Shmuel Hanavi to tell Shaul to wipe out Amalek. Shaul had a chance to wipe out Amalek, and Hashem told Shaul to do that. I want to read you. Ba Yavay Shol came to Amalek. Ba Yorab He went to war with him in the Nachal. And Ba Shol HaMalek. Mechavila Baruch HaShu. He almost wiped them out. He knocked them off. Ba Yach Moshol Ba Yachamalek. But he left the king, Agog, alive. Ba Yachamal But The rest of the nation, Hecherim L'ficharav, he killed. Ba Yachamal Shol Ba al Agog. Shaul had Rachmanus, he had pity. And the Jews had pity on Agag because he lost everything. He just killed, you just, what's more painful for the king to watch every one of his kingdom be killed he, or to be killed first. Of course, to be to suffer, to watch everyone else die. So they had a little Rachmanus on him. He just lost everybody. He lost everybody. They killed every Amalek, every woman, every child. And they had a lot of, they had a lot of cattle, Amalek. soin, Bokar, right? So, he let them live. Why did he leave the animals live? His commandment was to kill every single human and every single animal. Hashem became very angry. Hashem came to Shmuel, in a prophecy, and he said, I, I, I feel bad that I made a mistake, that I made Shol the Melech. He didn't listen to me. I told him to kill all the animals. He let them live. And this is what he told Shmuel. Shmuel got very angry. And he cried to Hashem a whole night. He really asked Hashem. He was very close to Shol. He was his Navi. He really asked Hashem to forgive him. Shmuel went out to meet Shol. Shol just wiped out Amalek, but he left the animals alive. But you got to Shmuel Leymah, Bo Shol HaKamela. Shol is coming to meet you. But Yom HaShemuel HaShol, But Yom HaShol, Baruch HaTal HaShem. Thank God. HaKimai Sidra HaShem. I kept God's word. I wiped out Amalek. Really? Really? You wiped out Amalek? But Yom HaShemuel, Shmuel said to Shol, What's all the sound of all these animals, these these, these sheep that I hear bleeding, bleating, whatever they call it, um, um, we call a Bakar, and I hear all the, the oxen, you're lying. You're coming to tell me you did what I was, what you were told to do, and you wiped out a molecule, you have all his animals. Oh, Shaul said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I brought back all the cattle. Why? Because the nation said, why would we kill the cattle? Just kill them. Let's do a much bigger mitzvah. Let's take the cattle and bring it as a carbon. All these animals, no one should keep them, no one should eat them, no one should use them. Let's take all these animals and bring them as a carbon to Hashem. Isn't that better than just wasting them and killing them? I want to tell you, you made a big mistake. I want to tell you what God told me last night. I want to tell you what God told me last night. God anointed you to be king and he sent you by derech and he told you to fight Amalek why didn't you listen to Hashem? Did you did this bad what are you saying? I did do what I was supposed to do and the people, it's not my fault he didn't own his mistake He didn't own his mistake. He blamed the people. He said, the people came and said, wouldn't it be better to bring it to the carbon and to Hashem instead of wasting them? So you hear what he did? He said, listen, it made sense. They brought the animals, right? They brought the animals. It makes sense to bring it as a carbon. The people wanted me to do this. I just listened to the people. Why, Why is Hashem so angry at me? So he said, you don't understand. You think God wants these animals as sacrifices? He told you he doesn't want anything from the Amalekim. He doesn't want Amaleki animals as sacrifices. He told, her, he told you to destroy them. And if you are king, you cannot come up with your own ideas. If you are king, then you have to follow what you commanded. So you follow the people instead of following Hashem you follow the people instead of following Hashem, you're no longer king. So Shaul said to Shmuel, too late, I sinned, that I didn't listen to Hashem. He erased the Yisrael, I was scared of the people. I listened to their voices. Please go to Hashem and get me forgiven. I'm sorry. I can't go back with him. He wanted him to go to, to Shul with him. You disgusted the words of God. When and Hashem is disgusted with you, that you are the King of the Israel. Shmuel turned around to go. And Shaul grabbed his his collar. And it ripped. Shmuel said, "You ripped my collar." The, the royalty of Yisrael has just been ripped away from you. It will be given to someone who is much better than you. Okay? So he lost everything. Why did he lose everything, everybody? Because you cannot rationalize. The Torah tells you something, that's what you have to follow. No, but Hashem would rather this, and Hashem would rather that. No. Hashem tells you what He would rather. There's 650 mitzvahs that tell you what Hashem would rather. But even bigger than this, anyone have a tehillim here? Want a tehillim with them? Thank you. Even bigger than this, it's a very important lesson. You know, I once got up, I once got up and spoke about that many, 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 many years ago I was a gambler. And I spoke about addictions and I spoke about stuff that I went through and how I overcame it. And I got some emails from Big Rabbanim that I made a big mistake because now my Talmudim will not respect a, a, a gambling addict. And now that you spoke about it, you've lost a lot of respect in our eyes. And these kind of things you should keep to yourself. Nobody needs to know what you did wrong when you were younger. So, I don't know if you agree with that or not. I don't agree with it. I think that you should be very real with the people. um, And that people can learn. I'm not calling myself a tzaddik, but a tzaddik falls many times, right? And he gets up. So I did not agree with them, but they did not agree with me until... Just want to look at what capital this is in. Until I read them. Ledavid. Ledavid. Where are you? Where he, where he talks about his Avera with Batsheva. Oh, listen to this. Kapitul nun Aleph. No. And this is why David became the Melech of Yisrael. And Shaul lost it because Shaul did not own his stuff. I talk about this all the time. You got to own your stuff, even if it's not your fault. If, if it's going to be everyone else's fault, you are never going to get better. My father, I, t- I told you the story. I came from a hockey game, and I told him that the ice was slow. The ice being slow, when you play hockey, so if it gets very warm in the room, there is a little film of water on the ice. You can't skate fast. So I came home on a Matzah Shabbos championship game, and I walked in. I was all my all my hockey equipment. I am like, Dad. Tonight I never I never skated like this. Tonight the ice was so slow. And he looks up at me, I'll never forget and he goes, You lost, didn't you? <laughs> I said, I didn't say I lost. He goes, Winners don't make excuses. <laughs> at the end of the day, nobody ever walked into the house and said, You wanna know why the excuse that I won? You don't need to make an excuse. If you won, you don't need to make an excuse. So Shaw made an excuse. Not my fault. It's their fault. They told me they want to bring kabanos. I was scared of them. I wanted to do what they wanted to do. Uh uh. You wanna be a king? You want malchus? Don't don't put your fingers in anyone else. Even if it's not your fault, pick your head up and do what you gotta do. I got in a lot of trouble for saying this on B'Av, but I didn't change my mind. I just got into trouble. You gotta pick yourself up and you gotta keep going. Shaul blamed everyone else. He didn't own his thing. He didn't say, Oh yeah, I did a sin. He said, it's Not my fault that people ask me to do it. David Amelech owned his stuff. And this is what he says in Kapitel Nun It's Unbelievable. He was a lot bigger than I am. And he talked about something that right, he wasn't scared to talk about it. Nobody looks down on David Amelech because of this capital. Nun If it happens to be a very, very uh, big big thing when you do chuva. To save this capital. It's a song. It's a song. He's doing true It's a song because he's owning his stuff. And when you own your stuff, it's a different life. It's a song. When Nathanael came to him and gave him basheva, because he was with Batsheva. Says David and Show me favor, Hashem. I forgive my sin. He didn't point fingers. He didn't blame anyone else. This was my sin. Harev, Kapsayni, Mavvayni. Cleanse me, wash me from my sin. Umechatasi, tahareini and purify me from my sin. Listen to what Double is about to say, and this is what Shol should have said. Kipasha ani I know it's my fault. You hear what he's saying? I'll read it. I own it. It's me. I did it. Keep a shy. I did this sin. And I know I did it. Khatasi Negdi And I'm not pointing my finger at anyone else. My sin is always in front of me. I'm always thinking about it. Why did I do it? Should have I do it? How, what, what brought me to do it? WMLF. L'cha l'vadcha chatosi, but I did not sin to the human beings. Hashem, I my, my sin was only to you. V'harabe e'necha asisi, and what I did bad is in your eyes bad. The man, therefore, titzak bedvorecha, you are justified in your words. Tiskeh b'shavtecha, and when you judge me, hain ba'avoyin chalalti, with a hate yechasmi imi. And I was conceived by my mother in sin. But he wasn't. It was the same, because Klai Israel thought that he was a mamzer. There's a whole story to this, right? But he wasn't. <laughs> wash me, clean, cleanse me, and make me white like the snow. What happens to a person who feels this way? This is a very fascinating capital of Tehillim. Greg Wallerstein, if I'm going to walk around with my sin in front of my face, if I'm going to admit to myself that it's no one's fault, that my mother's fault, that was fault, my grandmother's fault, this guy's fault, that guy's fault, it's my fault, I own it. It's my sin, it's my fault. It's between me and God. There's nothing to do with you guys, it's do with me and God. And I'm always thinking about it. So you're going to, Goldstein, that's crazy. That's against all the therapy. You're going to be totally depressed all the time. All you're doing is to think about your bad. You're not supposed to think about your bad. He you said, I don't know saying. It's in front of me all the time. If it's in front of you all the time. You're going to be depressed. You're going to have a bunch of people that are depressed they are sleeping in their bed till four o'clock in the afternoon. And Wallace don't teach this capital. This is not good. My sin is always in front of me. What we learn is, let you just forgive yourself. Right? Ain't, oh, you say, that's my Russia. Don't make yourself a Russia. Here he's saying, I don't know what I'm saying. I know what I did. I own what I did. I think about what I did. That doesn't sound very therapeutic. Wrong. Wrong. When you own it, it doesn't depress you. So I know what I did. I own what I did. Hashem, I love you. let What's going on in life? When you don't own it. It's everyone else's stuff, and you don't own it. You can't get better. I always say, like, when when someone wants to go to like, um, go to rehab, right? So, Ray Wallstein, if you really want me to go, you really want me to go, usually after that it comes out, and you'll pay for it, but okay, we'll leave that alone. But if you really want me to go to rehab, I'll go for 30 days to rehab. I'm like, forget about it, have a good day, I don't want you to go. Why? But if he's going for me, he doesn't own it. If he doesn't own it, then when he gets out of there, he's gonna go back to what he's doing. When he comes to me and says, I need help. Rabbi, you gotta save my life. I'm dying. I need help. You gotta help me. Ah, you're a drug addict? I'm a drug addict. I am so sick. Could you help me? That guy's gonna have a total refusal. Just the opposite. When he knows what he is, that's already half the battle. He's not putting the fingers around. Like, I own it, I'm gonna get better. I'm gonna work on it. So listen to what W.M.L.F. says. In the next, in the next passage. And he says, Tashmi Eini, Hashem, make me hear, joy and gladness, Tigelna, um, uh, exalt. He's telling us, I'm asking you, I admit it. I did it. I own it. But you could hide your face from my sins. And forgive me. Forgive me for everything I did. I own it, and I'm asking you forgiveness. You created me a pure heart. And you gave me a strong ruach don't don't send me away, don't take away my holiness. And he says it again, I don't want to be depressed, restore to me the joy of salvation. And then he says something very important, and that's why I think you're allowed to talk about stuff that went wrong. He says, I will teach. This is the basis of my biggest speech that I talk about all myself, and that is struggle muscle. In other words, we talk about this a lot. It's all capital nunal. Nunal. You should read this. We, 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 we struggle a lot with stuff that Hashem did to us, sort of, stuff that happened, that we didn't have a choice, right, that we went through in life. Why did you do that to me, Hashem, right? Pe- 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 divorced parents, I didn't, I didn't pick divorced parents, uh, all these different things that a person goes through in life, abuse. I didn't pick these things, so why did you do this to me? And the answer I tell everybody is because you build struggle muscle, and the stuff that you go through, now you have the power to help others. You know, I talked about the little girl that lost her mother. And she asked me if I had a mother, and the girl that was divorced, and she said, "How, how come I'm not your daughter?" And the drug addicts, and and and, and so why do people go through these things? Because if you if you can overcome it, then you can be the one to set an example for everyone. So when I spoke about my addiction of of many years ago of of gambling, so here I am. I'm Robert Wallstein. I haven't touched a card in twenty years. And I'm Rabbi Wallerstein, so if you say, well, you didn't really gamble a lot. No, I I, gamb- I told the whole story of how I gambled. It's in, a, it's, in a t- it's in a share called rationalization. I talked about how much money, where I was, what I did. I talked about everything, and that's why the rabbis were a little bit, those rabbis were a little bit uncomfortable, right? But why would I go through that? Why was I a gambler? Why would I go through the whole thing? Because now I could talk to people who gambled. So now all of a sudden I started getting phone calls after that share. Well, if, if you could do it, then, then I could be Rabbi Wallerstein, too, because I'm not gambling as much as you used to. And if you were there and you became this, I'm not even as far as you. I can become much bigger, like 100%. So where do you know that from? Where do you know that your whole struggle is to help others? It's very well. It's in psychology. It's in Nunalov. So Dover Amelov says to Hashem, listen, I made a huge mistake with Bathsheba. He says it straight out. I sinned to you, Hashem. I sinned. I need forgiveness. I made a huge mistake. What am I gonna do the rest of my life? Just sit and, and 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 be depressed and be upset that I made a big mistake. So he says to Hashem these words, and this is where the whole thing is based on. Alambda, I will I will teach Poishim People that do the Averis like I did, I will teach them your ways. The elecha yeshuvu, and I will bring back the sinners to you. So therefore, what Amalek is saying to Hashem, listen to me, I went through this, I made a big mistake, I need forgiveness, but I am telling you that I am going to teach the people who went through the same thing that I did, that they can make it, and they can get closer to Hashem. And if that is what I got from slipping and making a mistake, then it's part of Tehillim. It's part of the praises of Tehillim. When a person slips and makes a mistake and does something wrong, you can't be like Shaul. You can't stop pointing fingers. Klai Yisrael did it. Shmuel Novi said, you cannot be king. David HaMelech, who owned his stuff, who didn't point his fingers to anyone, and he could have pointed fingers, plenty of fingers, because he went through a very hard time. And he said, I own it, man. I own it, Hashem. I own it. And I'm sorry I did it. And you know what? I'm not just going to sit here and just say I'm sorry. The true forgiveness is I'm gonna take that very that I did, that I did chuva on, and other people that are doing the same thing, I'm gonna be the one that's gonna to talk to them and I'm gonna show you, I did this, I did chuva, and I'm Malchus. And that's what you gotta to bring to malchus, and malchus and Shfuis. You gotta own your stuff. Whatever you went through, you gotta own it. And when you own it, it's yours. If it's yours, you can do chuva on it. If everyone else is, you can't do chuva. I can't do chuva because all these other people made me do this. They have to do chuva. I don't have to do chuva, they have to do chuva. No. You have to do chuva. But his his end point was, Hashem, you you need to forgive me because if you forgive me, I'm going to be happy. And if I'm happy, I can go if people if people see someone who's very sad because they went through something, I don't want to hear what you have to say. You're broken, so I'm going to be broken also. You're not giving me you're not giving me uh chizuk, But if you feel forgiven and you feel the simcha I'm looking at you like, wow, look at this guy. And, 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 and David Melech says, yeah, I'm going to tell you where I was. I was so far away. I did such a thing. And I came back. So you could do the same thing. And that's the, that's that's Malchus. David Melch owns his stuff. Mitzvah Hashem, I'm going to learn with you, even though it's after Shavuos, we're going to learn Shmuel. We're going to learn a little bit about um, the whole thing of David Melech and Goliath and how he became king. And there's just one more puzzle I want to say. I know it's very late. We started late. Just one plus I want you to take home with you. So God tells Shmuel, go, go to Yishai, go to Yishai, and he, one of his sons is the Melech who's going to bring Mashiach. He's going to be the Melech of Israel. The Malchus from... Shaul lost it, right? Now from Sheba Yehuda to Yishai is going to come, the new kingdom. So, okay, Shmuel goes to Yishai, and... Yishai takes out his, his his children, and the oldest one, I believe, was a Leov And he sees a liyav. He was very tall, very beautiful. And he thought, oh, the oldest son, the most beautiful guy, he must be the one I'm supposed to anoint. Because Hashem didn't tell him who. He just said the son of Yishai. So he's looking at this guy, and he's about to take his oil out and to make him king. Ayim HaShem Shmuel. This is very important for girls who are going on in Shidduchim. And Hashem said to Shmuel, Al tabet el marehu, Don't stare at his beauty. But I'll give voya and don't be looking at him and thinking he's the next king because he's so tall. He was very tall and beautiful. Don't look at the Chitanias girls. He disgusts me. This one. With Hashem to Shmuel. Because, says Rashi, he was a big shot. He was a kaisen, not a big shot. He, was, he had a terrible temper. And temper disgusts Hashem. It's like a boy And this, this is the point I want to make for you. This is Hashem talking to Shmuel. Because it's not the way to look at a human being, that a person looks with his eyes on how the other person looks. That's not how you judge another human being. That's what he's telling Shmuel. You think he's the king because he's the best looking, he's the tallest. No. How do you judge a person? Hashem! Yirel HaLevav. You judge a person by his heart. Okay? So he goes through all the kids, and there's a problem. There's seven boys lined up, and he has Ruch HaKodesh, and none of them is the king. Well, Yom HaShmuel HaYishai, hei Tama your children stopped, that's it. You showed me all of them. What's going on? Oh, Yishai said, well, I cut on this one leftover, a little guy, he's a shepherd in Beis Lechem. Really? You have another son? Well, Yishai, send for him and bring him here. I'm not leaving here because you showed me seven guys and they're not but there's no way it's going to be David, because David, the they thought it was the Mamas with the whole story. They sent him to Bethlehem. All right, but listen, the Shmuel asked for it. And they bring him. He's a gingy. He's a redhead. Only time it ever talks about a man's eyes in this way. He has beautiful eyes, the toy Royi, and he's very handsome. Anoint him because this is the guy. This is the one that's going to become the king. It says you could not look into David's eyes. I think he like turned into stone. His eyes were like unbelievable blue eyes. You couldn't look into him. Okay? So I think what the Torah is stressing here a lot is. Rus came from Moab. She came from nowhere. Moab came from Lot and his own daughter. Came from nowhere. Moab came from nowhere. Rus came from nowhere. Right? David Amelech was the one son that she didn't even, when Yeshua was supposed to show his kids, he hit him. Because he didn't think he was anything. And Dabar Amelech was the smallest of them all. Every, the Malchus, the Malchus of Klaisro, the Malchus of Mashiach doesn't come from where you think. You think Hashem only loves the perfect person. His parents would be from the highest of the highest place. Kodesh Baruch brought Malchus from the lowest place. And it brings down in the Zayah that Mashiach is going to come from a place, a family and a place that's very unexpected from a, not what you expect. And that's Harsinai. And that's what it says. That's what Shavuos is. That Godless Antira And greatness comes from the smallest unexpected places. And that's why it says in the first Mishnah of Pirkeelvos, Moshe Kibel Torah. Who knows the Mishnah? Sinai. That's not true. Moshe didn't get the Torah from Sinai. He got the Torah on Sinai. Moshe Kibel Torah me Hashem al HaSinai. What did the Mishnah say? Moshe Kibel Torah me Sinai. He didn't get the Torah from Sinai. He didn't give him the Torah. Moshe Kibel Torah al Sinai. Wrong. When Moshe saw that Hashem gave his Torah, his most precious thing, his big fireworks, smoke, fire, everything, and he picked a teeny little mountain. It was, it was like a mound. It was really a very small little teeny mountain. He accepted the Torah. He understood that the Torah has to come from small, from anivus, not from big, not from big Shadow, not from loud, not from fancy, not from famous. But from four He got the Torah, he understood the Torah from learning from the mountain of Hasina. Maybe all said to be the on We'd love you guys to all come. We, last year we had over a hundred women there um, in Metz Hashem. And it says that in the night of Shouas, Shemayim opens up for a split second, all the way to Lakisa Kava, We see Hashem, Hashem sees us. I was thinking as a kid to get one of those cameras running a whole night. See if we can catch that one split second, but it's not gonna work. And, uh, maybe we'll be like, suspended in Eretz Yisrael, Moshiach. Ben David. You've just experienced another Torah class, brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com.